we record now. And okay, so yeah, it's officially started. Oh, and I forgot to mention, but I have like a plug-in that it will just put an American accent over yours if you don't oh want to have the Australian <laughs> accent. Like it's up to you, whatever you want to do. I have this like theory that auto-tune has an accent bias. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon it like there is an accent bias on like um, how it tunes your vocal and it can like, it Americanizes like certain pronunciation for sure. I've always been very fascinated with uh, like when, when musicians have strong uh, British accents in particular or Australian and, and then they start singing and it just goes away. Yeah. It's like, really I think, funny. I think it? Oasis is pr- like, you hear those guys talk and they're like, yeah, me, my brother, the fucking, yeah. me, what's it on his ass? And then, and then they talk and it's just like, nobody ever mentions the weather. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> where did it, where did it go? It's pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's like nature versus nurture, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I have to do an introduction for my dumbass listeners. Hold on one second now. Uh, well, today's, uh, my guest today is a, uh, great songwriter who has a new album out this week right yeah uh, on friday called the answer is always yes i disagree with that but we'll talk about that <laughs> in a minute uh and uh we uh, we recently met through a friend of the podcast sarah sarah tudson of illuminati hottie she loves having friends it's it, uh, as podcasts so uh <laughs> friend of the podcast um yeah my my podcast better get an invite to her wedding since they're such tight friends exactly um, and then you and i kind of became kind of became bros so yeah now we're here talking alex Leahy, thanks for for doing this thanks for having me one thing leads to another and then you're on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's the end result of all friendship transactions is that exactly. one day you're gonna say hey we gotta have you on the pod and I'm, i've been saying that and now here we are doing it finally we're doing it now we're finally truly friends now that we're yeah, on a podcast this together. is the final form we're of friendship is friends, doing a podcast yeah. um well i but i realized though that like we've hung out a bunch but i don't know that much about you and but we all hung out on on sunday with sarah not to brag yep. but we were all just <laughs> hanging out uh and um I have lots of friends and, uh, and Sarah was like, Oh, you're interviewing Alex. You know what? You got to ask her. And I was like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. 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 Give me the good, give me the good stuff, you know? And I was like, what, what should I ask her? And she was like, uh, you should ask her like, um, you know, like, uh, if everything in Australia is like upside down or whatever. And I was like, okay, number one, I thought this was going to be actually helpful and number two, this was already covered on The Simpsons. You should know that. And then I remembered that you, that's something that we bonded over is you're a big Simpsons fan. I'm a big Simpsons fan. I'm trying to watch every single episode at the moment. That's like, like my project right well, now. You, wait, wait, hold on. Do you mean like all the way up to current episodes? All the way up to current. Um, And like they're sort of. I'm trying. I I I, I don't know which ones I have and which ones I haven't watched. So I'm just like go throughing them all and rewatching, like inadvertently rewatching a lot, and then also watching a lot for the first time. I think um, in Australia, like the network that did screen The Simpsons only had license to a certain number of seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've seen a lot of the same seasons like millions and millions of times over. But like even 
like some of the really like I don't even know if they had like season two like sort of thing like so there's some really early ones that I haven't seen hmm. and then certainly I kind of dropped off over the last like few years um but I've picked it back up I'm quite to be honest I'm quite surprised by how good it is like pretty much the whole time come on like you're telling me you're watching like season 28 or whatever now there are definitely some seasons are more worthy than others like for sure mm-hmm. um like some yeah some of those like mid 20s ones are a bit mm, mm. but um but I'm on like 15 now and that's like a really good one you know like there there are certain ones that are that I didn't expect to be as good as they are I'll I'll say that there while the quality definitely dipped there are like bright spots into maybe like 13 I remember watching that as it aired and thinking like yeah okay this one was a pretty good episode but when I like watch a newer episode like my mom I think is the only person I know that like will still watch the show and and, as it airs and enjoy like week to week yeah yeah and like I'll I'll be with her and like watch some like season 29 episode and I'm like what is fucking happening on this show like you know I I don't I don't envy the fact that it was probably hard to modernize the show a little bit but whenever Lisa's like yeah let me just look that up on my iPad and I'm like oh god dude this is like hurting me I cannot watch this I saw that Lizzo was on it last night like Mm. I think she was like the guest the the thing that I don't love is like yeah oh, okay yeah the thing the thing that I don't love is um the like because obviously now it's it's all tied in with Disney and and they use sort of use it to cross promote stuff oh god like yeah, you know uh-huh. like there's there's um I think there's even like little Simpsons shorts like on Disney plus where they use it to like um cross promote like fucking Thor and like stuff like that you know depending on what movie's coming this out breaks my heart it know, breaks right? my heart because like you know from what I have read the Simpsons had such a unique um position with fox that like shows do not have which is like they nobody had any control over what they did and that's why i thought the show was so revolutionary and now they're just like yeah we've hey homer are you going to see thor ragnaris and he's yeah. like oh yes i am Marge. you know like fucking hell i can't it hurts my heart to think about i know it. i know but it is still good just like, the whole to see episode them, like... set in like the Fast and the Furious world or whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. They're still making fun of shit, though, like, in a good way. Like, there's one really funny episode recently where they, like, go to town on, like, Montessori education, which mm. is pretty funny. <laughs> and it's that, like, ah, uh, it's good. It's good you're still, you're still doing it, you know? Yeah. That tells me that some some Simpsons writer had a bad experience with his kid's school. Totally. And then yeah, they yeah. went home and were like, I'll show them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch, I'll write an episode of The Simpsons that literally one thirtieth of the audience that used to watch the show will see. <laughs> I saw a graph of like the, I mean, all TV viewership has gone down, but I saw like a graph of of the viewership of The Simpsons and it's just pers- just been precipitously down. Again, they're not like unique in that, but like. Do you reckon um, they'll get to a thousand episodes? What are they at now? They're at like seven fifty, maybe or something. I guess I'll. I don't know. I don't know. like it. Would it would take him less than ten years to do? Like I think it's like, I think it would have to take him like another. I don't know, like eight seasons or something like that. I do. Uh, I don't know if this crossed over to Australia as a kid, but like I recently, uh, like on the complete opposite end, have 
been watching the rebooted episodes of Beavis and Butthead. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And it is so fucking funny, and it doesn't at all try to like modernize it really at all. Like, yeah, and I feel like there's such a with a show that was known for being sort of like cutting edge. I feel like there's a real risk of it trying to do like cancel culture stuff or like woke commentary whatever you know and it just doesn't it's just so stupid like they just kick each other and fall off of things and i'm like yes why for whatever reason for whatever reason in australia we we got daria but we didn't really get beavis and butthead like we really had to search for beavis and butthead whereas like daria was way more accessible and i know that daria was like the wasn't that MT, like they had Beavis and Butthead and they're like oh we need to make sure we're capturing like the female audience she, she spawned from Beavis and Butthead yeah like, so like th- yeah so they went with her and then I ended up watching every episode of Daria and Daria is just like genius yeah. such a good show yeah um I well I have to ask uh because I'm curious do you what how do you like the Bart goes to Australia episode of the Simpsons as an I Australian mean, it's a classic. Yeah. It is a, it is a classic. We did you yeah. guys right? Yeah, the prime minister in the in the it, naked in the uh pond yeah, and, the, yeah. and the big boot. This is all accurate. Oh, it's all accurate. It's completely what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's like down there. We you know, I love that one of my favorite parts of that episode is the um they have the machine to make the toilets swirl the opposite <laughs> direction and it just like breaks down. But the you know, the myth is is that like the t- toilets in Australia, I've never seen a toilet swirl in Australia. Just like you flush, it's gone. It goes it down. It just goes down, huh? It goes down. There's not know? a little swirl to it because obviously no. it's going down. Hmm. No, it's the, just, one of the funniest side gags, it down. Funniest side gags is when Bart's trying to push it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good episode. Uh, and also the like... Wasers. The um the just the, at the very end, the closing frame of like the koala hanging onto the helicopter. So good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if that was going to be deemed some kind of like offensive. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm. I, I frequently use the word dollary dues, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I. I have. I mean, I've never heard anyone have a problem with it, and I'm. And I'm a fan. I see you've played knifey spoony before. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite episode of The Simpsons? I mean, like objectively, I do think like the monorail episode is the, oh is my the best episode. Um, yeah. I think and I, I saw told, it. Did I tell oh, you that? Like, I, for this is, we're going to learn nerdy things about each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but for like five years at least, me and my oldest friend, who I've known since I was nine, uh, hosted like this cult 90s Simpsons trivia night in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember you telling and, me about uh, this. Yeah. And his, and he is like the most knowledgeable Simpsons person I've ever met. And that was his favorite episode, Marge versus yeah. the Monorail. Fucking classic. Well, I heard that because Conan O'Brien wrote that episode, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I heard somewhere that he says that that's his like magnum opus, like it, <laughs> it's like the, the 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 pinnacle of his career, like there's something creatively. About it, episode. right? Like there's something about so it that's just I don't know. Like it's 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 not a typical Simpsons episode in that like it doesn't focus too much on like the family dynamic. It's like a really weird storyline that like just happens in Springfield. But there's yeah. something about it that's so like infectious, or I I can't put my finger on why so many people will cite that as like a top episode for them. I mean, um, maybe like you said, because it like it breaks. It's not just the family; it's like all of Springfield is like dealing with this thing. 
Yeah. I think like I think and and also like you know is is it the first mention we get of like Ogdenville and like all that sort of like yeah. stuff as well? Like maybe it's like the first yeah. time that the universe kind of like breaks its own walls. I um, I, I, yeah. um, I like to wear like I you know if a Simpson shirt is just very overt and just like has them on it i'm like oh i don't want to really wear a simpson shirt but mm. i like when when simpson shirts are real subtle and stealthy where the average person's like oh what is that mason derriere and i'm like yeah. oh yeah no i want that shirt. um and i used to get a bunch of them at trivia because people would like sometimes people would be like this doesn't fit me do you want it and i'd be like yeah. yes i love being the epicenter of simpson stuff um but i had this one it was like a baseball shirt like a three-quarter shirt and it was red and white and it said Lanley uh monorails nice yeah uh and that was a good one i wonder where that we should get ones we should get like north haverbrook sweatshirts made or something like that. yeah 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 <laughs> by gum and put them on the map yeah. um yeah that's okay so you would cite that as like number one you think i think like objectively it's just like one of the greatest episodes of television like ever yeah. it's so so good um like some other favorites are like I think like Marge centric episodes are always really good. Like the mm-hmm. one with the Chanel suit, like is, you know, like um, is great. Even like um, when Marge gets a gambling problem is also a great oh episode. Like um, yeah. her Thelma and Louise one is great. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think like Marge episodes are actually kind of like underrated. Yeah. Cause I think her character is so repressed mm. when they give her the one episode where she like has a gun or something. It's like her yeah, time yeah. to like you really see her personality buried under there, you know? Yeah, um, I try. I tried to like rewatch. Sorry to cut you off. I tried to like rewatch at, at some point a while ago, like the entirety of the first decade, mm. and just kind of rank every episode. This I had yeah, a lot wow. of time on my hands at this. I you know, but I tried to like rank the episodes and kind of like rate them by by two factors: one, how much it made me laugh, and two, how sort of like good i thought the storyline was in in being a simpsons episode which to me is Mm -hmm. to be strongly written and have like some some heart to it right and the the two episodes that really struck me upon rewatching the whole thing were bart sells the soul which i think is such a deep one yeah yeah yeah. and um the bart's comet where Mm. the scene where talk about like roping in all of springfield where everybody in town is in the nuclear fallout shelter Mm. like the you know the bunker and they're just waiting to die like they're just or or they're like in the bunker and then they come outside and they're just like waiting for a comet to just come Mm -hmm. destroy them and they're just singing k sera sera and i'm like Mm. this is fucking so brilliant i think it's like the my favorite episode of television ever how do you feel about like of all of the sort of post Simpsons, like, you know, shows of that format, you know, Family Guy, mm-hmm. American Dad, Bob's Burgers, like whatever, which one is of those is your favorite and which one is your least favorite? Uh, I love Futurama. Ah, uh, yeah, Futurama, right. Futurama, you know, like that was, uh, you know, they, they started that show concurrently when right, right when, what well, I think that must have started right when the, like the good era of Simpsons was kind of coming to an mm-hmm. end, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. I think Fry is like one of the best TV characters of all time. Um, so big fan of Futurama. And my least favorite. It's funny that you put like Family Guy, American Dad and stuff into the like lineage of it. Because it's none of the same people. But it definitely no. had the doors open for it. Well, it's I just like know. without yeah. the Simpsons, those shows wouldn't have existed. Like that's sort of what I'm like what I'm like, where I'm getting at with it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like adult cartoon. 
I don't know. I think Seth MacFarlane, they they did give that guy too much of a blank check. Yeah, you know, right. he's just, just making like the Cleveland show and American Dad. And it's like, do people watch this? <laughs> are people, maybe there are. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I have a worse, but Futurama. Yeah. Love Futurama. Mm. Did, that, yeah. did that stuff get over there? Yeah, Futurama made it. Um, I feel like Futurama was quite a polarizing one. You know, yeah. like I kind of love that someone who's so like deep into The Simpsons, like you still embraced Futurama. Like, I reckon, like, one of my favorite, like, adult cartoon, you know, outside of The Simpsons, like, I love Bob's Burgers. I reckon Mm -hmm. that that's a really great one. Good, Um, like, one of the best family dynamics on any show I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. I love how they portray Bob as just, like, always kind of, like, swatting his kids away, just being like, (laughs) no, Gene, don't, don't do it. It's it's a good one. Um, Yeah, that's a good pick. I feel like here's a really hot take i'm gonna say it I think now that bob's burgers is really settled into itself do we need the simpsons anymore i think we found the successor you know time to pass the torch perhaps <laughs> i think so i don't know what is the world i just can't imagine like you know the world without the simpsons it is a know. little weird but also it's i've weird. not seen it in years so it won't affect me whatsoever um yeah. i'm always interested in like what makes it culturally across like america to australia and or even like europe because there's some weird things that will just get like lost in translation you know like that just don't like i my friend kim was staying with me last summer and she grew up in the uk and we grew up around the same time like the same music so we would like be driving in the car and singing along to Smashing Pumpkins, and she obviously knew Smashing Pumpkins and Everclear, and she knew that and all this like '90s alternative rock stuff. But then, like a song would come on, like by like Toadies, and she would be like, "I've never heard this song before in my life." And so I'm just always curious, like when you say that just things just like Daria made it there, but Beavis and Butthead didn't. Mm. You know, like I feel like we're I feel like we're we're we got a good shorthand going, but I feel like there's we're gonna hit like weird notes where you're gonna be like, I don't know what that is. I didn't I Oh, didn't for it. sure. There's no <laughs> doubt. Like, yeah, the Simpsons are sort of this like crazy thing, like in Australia where it was so available and like they this network channel ten, like this is like free to air network in Australia, like every night at 6 p.m., like, straight after the evening news, like, The Simpsons would be on and you would jump ship from, like, the the government, like, channel, like the ABC, which mm-hmm. is, like, the Australian equivalent to, like, the BBC. You used to have, like, just, like, kids' shows from, like, 3 p.m. until, like, 6 p.m., like, after school sort of stuff. And then, like, the moment that that was done, you would just flip over to Channel mm-hmm. 10 and The Simpsons, boom, were on. Love and that. then... um. And then I think they sort of like read the writing on the wall and then would air another one or two episodes like in the evening as well. So like, you know, in the in the golden era of um of like yeah, the Simpsons broadcasting, it's like you would get three episodes a night on free to air. Um mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Yeah. Now I feel like that's just like how cable news works. Like I don't have cable news, but every time I'm like in a in a house that does and I turn on TV, MTV now is just basically like the show ridiculousness for like 12 straight hours a day <laughs> you yeah. know it's like it's just yeah but uh but i should i should have mentioned that you're not you're you're here now in in los angeles uh and you've been here for a couple of weeks what uh i don't even know like what brought you here to meet me obviously but then, yeah like, to what? have this conversation <laughs> on zoom is why <laughs> i'm in los angeles but then um, after that besides yeah. that 
Well, I'm here to uh, to seek fame and fortune like the rest of us um, because that's, I'm almost that's, there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Get a podcast is my tip to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I suppose like every person in Los Angeles does have a podcast. It's like yeah. a rite of passage. It's only a matter of time, guys. Um, but I the the timing of it is that I have a record coming out on Friday, um, which, like you said, is called The Answer Is Always Yes. And I also leave or I start a tour on the same day. So I'm touring through the U.S. Um for like four or five weeks. So um, yeah, it's just like one of those times and it's very exciting. Is, uh, is Australia one of those countries that's like good to their artists? Because that's not something that we have here in the United States. Like, I feel like in Australia, is that one of the countries that offers like artist grants and whatever? Oh, like in that sort of way. Yeah. yeah like I think like there's, um, increasing like there's always been grants you know and that sort of stuff like the arts is uh, you know the government does like support the arts um in like tangible ways like that and we've you know I think it was last year we had an election and we have now like a more progressive government than we've had like um in recent history which is fantastic and they are making like you know, pledging like quite a big, you know, contribution and um, support to arts and culture, like beyond just music, which is great, you know, um, like Australian made film and television, like that can actually like compete or be a part of like streaming. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, They've even got like a poetry laureate for the first time, you know, like stuff stuff like that, which is kind of cool. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is that it costs, you know, if you want to come, you know, Australia is a, is a really long way away and it costs a lot of money to not be there, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. an increasingly large amount of money. And I feel like, um, I feel like everyone except for artists are kind of unaware of how <laughs> costly it is. So um, hopefully like, yeah, those commitments will play catch up or become more like, I guess, like relevant to um, what the demand is in order to like, yeah, make actual like significant moves. Yeah. And what's your, uh, what's been, so you've been here like a few weeks now. What's been, yeah, I've been uh, in town for like four weeks, I think. Yeah, in and out. What's your favorite part of Los Angeles? My favorite part of LA, well, like, I think, I mean, I've been coming here since like 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and like increasingly so like in the past couple of years, like for more like longstanding um, periods of time. And I mean, now like my favorite part about LA is like, I have like really great, you know, friends. Um, like it's 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 amazing to be able to come here and have like, you know, friends that do feel like chosen family. And I feel because like, you know, LA is truly a city of like it's it's a city of transplants. Mm-hmm. And so there is a real like genuine pay it forward culture, I think. And like I feel like I've been so, so fortunate, you know, to have received that generosity um from you know people like Sarah who we've mentioned before and um and I one day I look forward to myself paying it forward to the next person who rolls through um and uh yeah it's just so lovely to like yeah come in here come here and just feel so at home like how many people get to have two homes you know it's great that's a very sweet answer, and I feel like if I had been asked that when I moved here, I would have been like, "Oh, in and out, probably." <laughs> in um, and out. <laughs> yeah. Dare I in. say I might get like kicked out of LA for this, but I reckon in and out is so overrated. 
You know, so when I was like moving here, I ha- I ate it, but I ate it for the first time before I lived here, and I was like, this is just fine. Like, I don't know what y'all are going on. Yeah, about, everyone's going this is on just, about it. This is just okay. And then I moved here, and this weird thing happens where every once in a while it's like 11 p.m. and you're like, you know what I could really go for right now? <laughs> so I'm yeah. looking in and out, and then the next <laughs> thing you know, it's midnight and you're in the drive-through, and it's not the best thing you've ever had, but it's cheap. And it's like pretty good and it's always the same. So uh, I don't know something about maybe if you're here for a little bit longer to like grow on you because I agreed with you when I got here, but it's it's grown on me a little bit. I think it needs to be like fresh out of the oil, fresh off the grill Mm. in order for it to be really great. And I think the last couple of experiences I've had, it's been a bit stale or something like it hasn't been like straight from it hasn't been like you know truly farm to table you know you want that you want that uncut yeah organic in and out animal style i just want it straight out of the fryer into the box into my hands you know and like i think for whatever reason i've timed it poorly the last couple of times and ended up with stuff that had been like sitting under the light you know Mm. in the past for too long no but that's their thing they like make it all fresh like you can watch you can watch it happen back there yeah man well i'm not like getting paid anything to Right, no, right. but it is one of those things. Like, as in, like when you come to the US on tour for the first time, it's like you gotta go to In and Out, like you know, yeah. like before you leave California or whatever. So, yeah. One of the things that is like I've been thinking about recently with Los Angeles is that, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of cities in the United States, especially like sort of like uh, what you would call like B cities or whatever. You know, like sort mm. of like off, not the big cities, but the next level of cities where. You know, like it's it's kind of like a chill vibe, and you can just live and it, it exist, and that's very that obviously, you know, I'm not knocking that. That definitely has its its perks. Um, but Los Angeles is like a city that is so obviously like <clears throat> costly to live here, and everybody here is like doing stuff, like a million things, and it just feels like a city that like really doesn't let you like if you want to live here, you gotta fucking you got to do something like good and to earn the money to do it. So it's definitely like pushed me to work a lot, but not in a, not in like a bad way. Like the opportunities are really good. And I'm just like, yeah, I got to stay busy because I got to, got to keep living in this expensive ass city, you know? Yeah. There's a real like survival mentality around yeah. it. Isn't there? Like, and I think that that's like something that's so like, um, you know, I, Obviously, look, there, there's like hustle and there's hustle, you know, like, you know, there's people, there's, there's, there's hustlers who kind of like get a bit annoying or like, you know, a bit, I don't know, like sycophancy or something yeah. like that. But then there's, there's also a lot of like hangers on here. You totally. Know? Mm-hmm. But then there's also just like people making ends meet. And what I really like about like, there is a, there is a culture in Los Angeles specifically where it's like, if you are doing the thing that you want to be doing and you're making it work, like to, it doesn't matter like to what like level of notoriety or like income or whatever, but if you're like making it work, then good for you. You yeah. know, like, I feel like I really like that sort of like discourse about it. And, you know, like one of the things that like is sort of this like cultural cringe um that we have in Australia. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but it's called um, tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And like, for those of you like listening at home, like tall poppy syndrome is um, like I said, it's this, it's this cultural phenomenon that has happened in Australia. Um, 
And um, basically if one poppy, like a poppy is like a flower, if one poppy grows beyond, like above the rest of the um, field, then you have to cut it down to the same size. And the way that that manifests like socially is that like if someone is achieving more um, or projecting that they're achieving more than everyone else, then they have to be cut down. Yeah. And, um, and it's really like, that to me is like really yuck. It's like, you know, I feel like we should all be celebrating each other, but instead like it's this thing where everyone has to be like on the same like level playing field. Um, and if you're not, then you're a dickhead or you're not doing yeah, it right. Yeah. Or like, you know, what you do is shit or like whatever. It's like this, you have to, you have to sort of like bring them back down to the level that they should be at. Um, whereas it's quite refreshing. Like, I mean, I'm sure like that happens in like a more like, I don't know, like in the, in the, in certain microcosms, like, you know, within LA and communities and stuff like that and clicks or whatever. But like, I think for the most part, like culturally, like that's not really so much of a thing, which I think is great. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think tall poppy syndrome exists in like a lot of like midwestern cities like i feel like chicago yeah is a right big, like oh who you think you're too big for us type of thing you know yeah. like uh but in los angeles yeah no we do celebrate each other's success and we just do the normal thing which is just wait till that person is gone and shit talk them behind their back and that's yeah you know. naturally yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course dan of course um, um yeah. yeah everybody's my friend until they become too successful um and then they're my enemies yeah um we obviously like you said daria crossed the globe to make it to you in australia what did you grow up on like uh musically like were you into american music as a teenager or was it like uh australian stuff like what, what did you grow up listening to yeah like certainly like lots of american music i mean like i was a you know born you know recently enough that i was like you know like I, the internet has always been like a part of my life. So I've always had like access to, you know, all sorts of shit, um, which is great. Um, you know, British music is also like really big in Australia as well. And of course, like Australia has its own thing going on. Like, you know, I think about when I was like, you know, 12 years old, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old um, in like, you know, 2005, roughly, um, you know, and there was that real era of like, female singer songwriters like sort of like you know being really in the mainstream um you know that era of like Michelle Branch and Vanessa Carlton and like I feel like Ingrid Michaelson was sort of, sort of that era as well mm-hmm. like that kind of like thing and um you know the 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 sort of um Australian like stamp on that genre was a oh is a singer named Missy Higgins um and she's kind of like really you know, she, she's now like icon status in, in Australian music. And, um, and she was an enormous part of like so many like Australian singer songwriters that we know now, um, you know, how we know how to write songs and like, and, and that it was sort of presented to us in that way for the first time. So, um, you know, that stuff was really big. Um, but, you know, I was a rock kid, like, you know, I like the, 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 you know, I had a Ramones poster on my wall, like, you know, when I was a kid and until I was like 18 and, you know, I was, I've been a Paramore stan since the first record and, um, and the OC was like enormously like influential in like mm. the stuff that I was listening to. Um, and then going deep into like, you know, the LimeWire era of consuming music um, uh, and finding like, you know, that was sort of a gateway into finding like a lot of indie stuff that I couldn't source otherwise. Um 
you know, I love the band like Ra Ra Riot, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just like really hard to find stuff in Australia by then. So I had to like use the internet to like find it. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I guess that was like, yeah, sort of a synopsis of the stuff that I like. Yeah, especially in my like early teen years, like, you know, when you sort of get your own, like, you can sort of forge your own path in like what you like and it's not you know you're just finding it independently so when the true music nerd emerges within you know and did you uh like did those bands come over there and did you see them or like you know when did you start going to see live music there used to be well I started like going to see like music when I was like four, 13 or 14 years old um there was like a few sort of underage stuff you know, gigs going on, but generally you sort of wind up at bigger shows because like, you know, they're not at small clubs that have like liquor licensing stuff and whatever. But there used to be this festival in Australia called the Big Day Out. Yeah. Um, and it was, I think it was like the biggest touring festival in the world, like for a really long time. And that was the gateway for like a lot of kids, you know, I think you could go once you were 16. And so it was like pretty much like for me and all my friends, it was like our first experience of going to a festival and they would bring out like, um, I think the first one I went to, who did they have? I remember they had like Dizzy Rascal and like, um, I think they even had like Tool that year or something mm. random like that, Passion Pit, you know, that sort of stuff. And then um, eventually that, like Kanye West and um, the last year that they did it, they had an amazing lineup. It was like, yeah, 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 it's Alabama shakes, like that kind of thing. But that was sort of like, I think because it's so expensive to come and tour Australia, like when you're not from there and there's also like only a limited amount of places you can play, like um, a, a brand or a company like Big Day Out, it's like they could offer the money up front for people to come and play. And it's just like guaranteed crowds, like guaranteed radio support. It would have been a great gig to get. So that was sort of like the gateway, um, yeah, for me and um, so many like Australian kids like seeing live music and experiencing a festival for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it all went under. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not that's not happening. <laughs> no, anymore. it has been a thing for a while, yeah. There's a, actually a really great podcast about the history of it. Like they were also responsible for bringing Nirvana to Australia for the first time. Um, the Vines? Nirvana. Oh, Nirvana. And... and um, and there was also like a pretty massive, like a really tragic thing that happened where someone, a teenage girl died in a Limp Bizkit. It's, it's documented in a, what I hear is a fantastic book called Sell Out. Um, ah. yeah. That was uh, basically started the end of At the Drive-In because they were right bef before that. And they were like, we don't want to do this yeah. anymore. So it's yeah, like it was a, tragic. A lot of stuff happened like, you know, through that festival that shaped a lot of things. And I think I've only recently come to realize like how much it shaped things globally, um, yeah. you know, beyond just like me and my friends going to a festival for the first time, you know? Yeah. You know, what's weird is I talked to a lot of uh, like punk bands um, who were playing in the mid nineties and in, in the U S like, you know, there was this big punk boom in 94 with like, Green Day and Rancid and The Offspring, but it took like a minute to catch on in Australia. And eventually the, like there were some bands like Pennywise who realized that it was like an open lane that like there were kids who were interested in it because there were like surf and skate videos that were popular, like the Taylor mm -hmm. Steele videos. Uh, so kids like knew the songs and they liked the music, but bands weren't coming there for whatever reason. 
So like if you went to Australia, you they would fucking love you. Yeah, you know, right. like Blink Blink One Eighty Two was like, what is it? Aria certified before they ever broke in the United States. Like they had a hit album in Australia before they yeah. did in the US. Like yeah, I didn't know like, that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, Blink. I think is like I don't want to like I don't know if I'm being hyperbolic, but I feel like as big as Blink is in the United States, like Australia is somehow like provably bigger i don't know maybe that maybe that's just worn off over the years but they definitely were bigger there before they were here yeah it's sort of funny like it must be so interesting like breaking in a country like australia which is like you know kind of this random territory like when it comes to like you know the music industry um it must be so funny for bands to break there for the first time before um yeah before before they do it in their own territory or somewhere like that's a bit more conventional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like that movement that you're talking about, like that was sort of like a little bit before my time, but yeah, there were sort of certain bands like Regurgitator and Frenzel Rom, like these Australian sort of like punk bands that were a part of that movement. Yeah. Um, and still, you know, play now. And it's just like a classic, like loyal punk fan base situation uh-huh. where like, you know, the, 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 the true believers are still there and, and, and they they can just keep it going. It's great. Everybody says that it's such a pain. Well, not a pain, but like it's just harder to tour in Australia because everything is so spread out. And yeah, the drives to, are so long. Dude, it's not even driving. You have to fly everywhere. Like that's really? how big it is. Yeah, you have to. It's fly. like hard. You can't really do like van tours there because it's so. No, nah, you can't do van tours and sleeper buses are illegal. I think I think it's illegal to like sleep in a vehicle in Australia, so you can't do it. Even like yeah. a big fancy touring bus. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's like a seatbelt, either a seatbelt thing or like a sleeping in a vehicle, is sleeping in a moving vehicle thing, but um, or both. But um, yeah, you have to fly everywhere, so it can be like very costly as well. Yeah, but it also feels like for me, like you know, when I come off a van tour in the US and I go and like tour Australia and we're flying everywhere, it's like a holiday, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Which do you do you mind the like US van touring experience? Um, I mean, it's nice to like have it against everything else, you know, I mean, I think that the van thing is so like, there's something so exciting and like bonding about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's you're sort just of, stuck in a box with yeah, 10 you're just people. Stuck in a box yeah, with yeah. each other trying to like entertain one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think like there's something, yeah, really like there is a certain camaraderie that comes with it. And also it just goes for so long, you know, um, and you just, it's like camp. Like, you know, touring in Australia, it's like you only really play on the weekends. So it's like you're back and forth from home all the time. Um, and you just like, you know, see each other at the airport, like play the show, hang out and then just fly home, um, which is fun. And maybe that makes for like more longevity in bands or yeah, something because you, you're not in the van all the time. But I like, feel like the top, yeah. top reason that American bands break up is, is like I yeah. could not stand looking at this person anymore. <laughs> like just I could not stand being with this person for 23 hours a day. But like I said before, like I've been touring here for, you know, over half a decade now, which isn't that long, but like you would think the novelty would have worn off, but it, mm-hmm. it hasn't. Like it's still quite novel and fun. And who are you? You're, so you're leaving for tour soon, right? This week? Yeah. So we play in Santa Ana on Friday, which is the day the record comes out. And then we play Zebulon in LA on Saturday. Um, and then on Sunday, I actually like, is the first time I like leave my bed, you know? <laughs> yeah. Who are you touring with? Touring with Liza Ann, who's okay. flying in from New York for it, which will be great. And the album, 
which I've been listening to this weekend, the answer is always yes. First of all, I just I'm just going to take you to task on the title. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The answer is not always yes, Alex. That's ridiculous. No, it's not. Exactly and then I start, and then I started going back and looking through your other albums, and I I disagree with a lot of them. <laughs> just, I'm looking now, just the first song. You got a bone to pick. You got a bone to pick, Dan. Yeah, this is a combative. This is the part where we argue. You didn't know that? Yeah, this is the part where we fight. Yes. Is this where you you play like a little like boxing bell, like jingle? Yeah, thing yeah. We go and, round like, round. <laughs> but I'm looking at even the first songs here. Every day's the weekend. No, it's not, Alex. That's <laughs> fucking two days are the weekend. A copy editor should have caught that. That's ridiculous. I'm looking at this other one. I don't get invited to parties anymore. We just went to a party <laughs> yesterday together. What are you talking about? <laughs> so all these are untrue. But now that you're a known liar and nobody can trust anything you say from here on, what is what is the thesis? Where did that come from? The answer is always yes. You're going to like get me my like visa revoked or something. No, like, yeah. no, no. The government's going to hear this and be like, this woman's full of shit. Like, you know. <laughs> no, who know, who I'm just um, I don't, the Australian I mean, government yes. is listening, which I, I know that they are. <laughs> Please, I will vouch for this person. They should stay. Yeah. Um, I get like I mean the answer is always yes. That wasn't you know it was a line living in my phone for a really long time, which is um you know the plight of the songwriter, just like mining things from random iPhone notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um yeah, I like wrote I don't know like it was sort of one of the the title of one of the latest songs written and um. And I just felt like the, I don't know, like, I think like in the past few years, you know, with all the stuff that we've all have to have to have had to navigate both as individuals and like collectively, like it's, I feel quite like warmed by the fact that I think that there is a really like primal part of being human that like perseveres to like find that zest for life. Um, and I think that that's essentially like what the line's about. Like, it's yeah. just about like, you know, and and if you don't like say yes to things then it just stops, you know, like not to like go into the improv trope, but it's like, you know, what is it like? Yes. And, or, whatever. or very yes. And yeah. yeah. Well, if you don't, if you don't say yes, and then it's ends, it dies, you know, it, yeah, it dies. Sure. So like, you gotta, you gotta keep it going. I, I feel like I, I, uh, I, I was just joking before, but I do, I do mm-hmm. like the sentiment of like, say yes to life. The answer I is always know, yes. Damn. And I, I feel like when I, because I moved to California, like kind of right before the pandemic started, a little like 11 months before. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, like big life change like that, you kind of have to have that attitude like that. Yeah. Yes. And say yes to life. And so I did have that. And then I felt like I was really open to everything. I was people like, do you want to go to the desert this weekend? I'm like, sure. Why not? Let's do that. Yes. Uh, and then I feel like the pandemic, and I really hate to admit this, it like really made me more conservative and uh, not afraid, uh, but you know, just like more cautious. Uh, it definitely well, it took the like fucking free spirited nature out of a lot of people, me myself included. And I'm really trying to like go, you know, like make up for that and compensate and go the other way. I just, I, I do feel like though there are, there have been periods in my life where I've said yes to like everything and a lot of good stuff has come out of it and it's been really beneficial. However, I definitely get burned out and I need to follow it up with like a fucking like cool down period, you know? Totally, so yeah. I feel like it's good to go back and forth. Cause like being saying like answers always yes all the time is like, 
a truly like stressful way to live constantly. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's also like a big part of like LA life. Like, you know, LA is like a t- city that doesn't hand itself over to you. Like you really have to like, you have to unlock it. And once you mm-hmm. do it, like, like you said, you get so much out of it. Like, yeah. you know, experiences, friendship, opportunity, like whatever, like you get, you get so much out of it when you do it, when you unlock it, but it's up to you to like kind of hand yourself over in that way. And saying yes is like the way that you do it. Someone invites you, ask you like, yes, yeah. I will get in my car and sit in traffic to be, you know, like, and, 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 you know, um, but it does like wear you out, like you said, for sure. Um, and I do think that people who live in LA full time, like you do find that they tend to go out of town quite a lot. Yeah. And I think it's like a self-preservation thing for sure. When I, when I first moved here, I got, this woman gave me a haircut and first of all, fucking butchered it. Like one of the worst (laughs) haircuts I've ever gotten, but that aside, she did say something kind of like prescient. She, I was just like, cause I had just moved here and I was like, I didn't know what people did once the sun went down. I'm like, where, where are people? I don't know. I don't know where Mm. to go. And I like asked her and I was like, what do people do here at night? Like, I really don't know. And I feel like kind of like bored and lonely. And she was just like, well, listen, LA gives you back what you put into it. So if you want to, and this is, this is her words. She's like, you know, if you want to go out and like, uh, if you want to just stay home and be a little emo bitch, you can do that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, but she was like, but if you like go out, you know, the universe will reward you. Like the city will reward yeah. you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's right. You get the energy that you put back for sure. That put into it for sure. I 100% agree. Like I, that's the way I see it. Like, you know, LA is an inaccessible city. Like it is. And like, if, you know, it's not like a New York, you know, I mean, not to compare LA and New York, like I feel like that happens a lot. And it's the same when it comes to Melbourne and Sydney as well in Australia, like it's almost like a bit of a cliche to compare them. But like, I do think that like, there is something about New York that hands itself over to you, like it's enormously accessible, like it's quite easy to like, get to places. It's also like, relatively small, like geographically as well, which makes it more convenient. Um, and it, and it's great, but with LA, it's like it doesn't hand itself over to you in the same way. You have to hand yourself over to it, and mm. then like, and then you'll reap the rewards from it. Um, and yeah, like, and and you, like, I I love it. Like, I I just think it's like, um, it's it's such an exciting place, and um, and there is just so much going on, and so many like you know, microcosms and communities and, and, and everyone's up to something. It's, it's, it's great. It's just a hotbed for, for all, all sorts of good stuff. Well, let's not, let's not talk it up too much. I don't want people to move here <laughs> and then I can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Even more but than don't I do. come, but also but it's don't, like, yeah, but don't come. Well, on the note of like, you know, if I like saying yes to life, what do you think is the most, uh, like, what's the most, bold decision like caution to the wind life decision that you feel like you've ever made probably being here to be honest like you know it's 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 an enormous risk like um it's um yeah I just have a feeling that it's the thing that I should be doing and Mm -hmm. I'm usually a pretty like cautious person and a very sensible person um you know sometimes to a fault um and I feel like being here it's like I just feel like it's the thing that I should be doing. I just, I just feel like it's, it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like, yeah, like 
I'm, you know, I'm a long way from where I'm from. Like, you know, the money that I earn is not worth as much here as it is where I'm from. Like, you know, it's, um, you know, really trying to reestablish my life from the ground up. Um, but it just feels like the right thing to be doing. And, um, hopefully I can make it last. (laughs) So you do want, you like want to stay here longer then? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. And you're applying for that visa. I'll I'll vouch for you. Man, I've got the visa. You can't get rid of me now, man. Oh, you have a visa? Yeah, you'll be seeing me all the time. Fuck. I was treating you as like a temporary friend, but now I have to like invest. No, you gotta you have to, you have to invest. Okay. Yeah, put in, man. Well, speaking <laughs> of, I was I this weekend was talking to your partner who I really like. Mm. And I don't, you know, I don't usually like to ask questions like this because I don't want to how do I put this? Like I don't want to reduce people to their you know how they are with their partner or whatever but i do love that uh she is also a musician Mm -hmm. and i'm so enamored with uh when there are um couples who are two artists you know i love this i don't i don't know what it is about it but it just it just i like i i love it and i'm always so curious about the dynamic um like what is it like uh living uh, and, and being with the person who is also an artist. I mean, like, I think it's, I think ultimately it just comes down to the individual, um, you know, like uh, it, sometimes it's completely dysfunctional in my experience. Yeah. Um, but um, in this, you know, partnership, relationship, whatever you want to call it, like, it's um it's totally functional and that's because like of yeah the type of individuals that that we are and like yeah we're dysfunctional uh, because you think it's competitive or like why do you or like I think some people can be that way yeah for sure yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. like and I think that I've experienced that from like yeah in previous situations and um but that's like but that's not because of like it has nothing to do with the fact that the person's an artist it's just about like the individual you know sure sure um and um um, but yeah, like, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't even know where to like begin. Like, it's just like, you know, I think that, yeah, ultimately it's just about like, yeah, loving someone and caring for someone and wanting the best for them. And that's like a true, like, you know, relationship. And, um, and of course, like, we just want the same thing for each other in like all facets of life. And, I'm so grateful that I found a person who can, you know, give that to me and I can hopefully give that to them too. So, yeah. That's really nice. Like this mm. kind of stuff makes me happy. Yeah. It's the best. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's awesome. I'm and your every mom day, every her. day, every day I'm grateful. My mom worships her. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Isn't that yeah. so good? <laughs> uh, and then you're like, but what about me? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. Remember me? <laughs> Your flesh and blood. <laughs> yes, yes. But how is she doing? Um, well, this is great. I'm so excited uh, um, that you're here, that we've become. Thanks, Dan. I'm excited buds. to be here. Uh, and now that you live here, I yes. have to be like, treat you as a more permanent extra friend. Nice to me. Yeah, I'm gonna be extra nice to you from now on because I was treating you like crap earlier. I know, um, but questioning never my songs, questioning the validity of my. No, I statements. love your songs. Also, too, <laughs> I feel like is something that will be very uh, uh, of interest to the people who follow me. And I just told Alex this over the weekend, but Alex did a cover of one of my favorite Ramones Christmas songs <laughs> of all the Ramones Christmas songs. Um, oh. Merry Christmas! I don't want to fight tonight. Uh, I love that song. I've always loved that song. 
and um alex just has a fucking banger cover of it that you can find on the on the streams uh and it's uh i don't i am not embarrassed to say that i have listened to this christmas cover in the middle of fucking july i'll just <laughs> i'll just pull it up and drive around listening to merry christmas i don't want to fight tonight um, oh man thanks dude this and uh, the answer is always yes. Is out. I probably by the time people hear this, I assume. Hell yeah. Um, and yeah, go see my my new uh, bud, Alex Leahy. Yeah, baby. Thanks so much, Dan. I appreciate oh, the chat. Thanks for taking the time with me. Later.